Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed is She podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Jenna. Hello. (laughs) How are you? Good. How are you? So glad to be here. So glad to be alive. Just living my life right now. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I almost came upstairs today just crying. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of that because when I like do the well with these women, I just feel so alive. Mm. You know, I'm like so touched by what the Lord is doing in them. And it's just so sacred when they share their stories and I just feel such love for them. But I wanted to come up and just say thank you for letting me do it, for seeing that in me and like giving me the space and the push you know, and the encouragement to do it. And look where we are now. That was a surprise of 2020. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. I mean, we'd talked about it for a long time. We did talk about it. There was just no time. Who's got time? Literally no one. But you know, another surprise of 2020 and a delight for me has been your middle part. (laughs) (laughs) Truly a gift to the world. Uh, yes. And amen. Wow. (laughs) But a real gift, honestly, (laughs) to my 2020. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Has been prayer. Yeah. Which is like weird. (laughs) Never thought that would happen. (laughs) Yeah. Dedicated prayer time. Well, I mean, in 2020, you had a, your fifth baby. Right. And you're running a ministry. Yeah. An online international ministry. So 24 seven work is happening. And yet, in the midst of all of that, you've somehow found this well, if you will. Wow. <laughs> wow. Of, of time and depth and beauty with the Lord. Totally. It's been such a gift. And I've just realized, even if I don't have you know an hour of set-aside prayer time, even in just 15 minutes, the Lord does a lot. Yes. That's all it takes. Yeah. I think you said it. He can do in one night what? Well, I did I did say that to you, yeah. but I did not come up with that. Who was it? It was Debbie Herbeck. She heard it in prayer. Do you mind repeating, reminding sure. me what it the is? The Lord shared with her in prayer, I can do more in one day than you could do in a thousand years. Yeah. I mean, I had chills when she said it. It just rang with eternal truth. Mm-hmm. It It sat so right with me. And then I said it to Kelsey. Then it showed up on one of our social media posts. Then I like frantically in the middle of the night texted Debbie Herbeck. I'm so sorry I shared this thing that you told me about prayer. Oh my gosh. And then Debbie Herbeck. What? Texts me back. The Lord's promises are for everyone. Which is. (laughs) No, she didn't. I started crying when I woke up. She did not say that. The Lord's promises are for everyone. That's the only reason I'm sharing that story on the podcast. Wow. Because she told me it's for everyone. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So I think that about prayer, the Lord can do in five minutes what we are like striving to do for our whole lives. He can change so much in a small amount of time simply because he's God. Well, you know, that's my story with pornography. You know, I had been going to confession and like making these strides, putting up boundaries and getting accountability for almost 20 years. And there was some progress, you know, but I went to a Marian conference 
and a priest prayed over me, put his hands over my eyes, and I was instantly healed and delivered. And you didn't even ask for it. I did not ask for it. On one hand, I don't think I had the hope. Oh, okay. I just thought this is this is my life. Like this is a cross. Mm. I, I sinned. I did this. I'm going to suffer for the rest of my life, you know? And I'm going to do everything I can to like get out of this, get over this, whatever. Isn't that funny? Like I didn't imagine that Jesus, the Messiah, who <laughs> the redeemer who came to set captives free would actually come and set me free. But he did. I had been faithfully working on this, trying to root this out of my life for however many years. And he did it in an instant, Mm -hmm. literally in the blink of an eye. It's wild. It is absolutely mind boggling that he can and he will and he does. It's incredible. Yeah. What a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) It was very surprising. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, as the priest reached up and like, he was laying hands on different people, just praying with them. And he would like put his hand on someone's shoulder and his hand on someone's, you know, head, just typical anointing kind of prayer postures. One little boy, I was, you know, watching. And when the little boy walked up, he just like cupped his face. It was so tender. It was such a personification of Christ, you know? And anyway, when it got to be my turn and he walked up to me and his hand went up over my eyes, I immediately thought he knows, like he knows about porn. I felt like kind of exposed and like scared, but I didn't pray. I I didn't think that's what it would have been about. I just did not even imagine that it was possible. And so it wasn't until a couple of months later when I noticed that I felt different in my body. And then I like thought back and I thought, gosh, that hasn't been a struggle. I haven't really thought about it. Even thinking about the fact that I haven't thought about it, I'm, I'm a little bit like, honestly kind of repulsed by it like mm-hmm. no why would i want to do that it's just so interesting he reordered god not this priest the lord reordered my sexuality it's like he rewired my brain in a moment it's a miracle yeah but i think we we do not have that sense of awe or wonder i think we've lost touch with that like Old Testament or, or even gospel presentation of who God is as a miracle worker. Mm-hmm. You know, we settle for just little progress day by day. And, and there's something to that. I believe those years of confession, like that sacramental grace built up over time and made way for that miracle. But I wonder if we're even open to the possibility of God doing something miraculous for us, in us. Yeah, I think we don't even know to hope for it. And I think in those such practical examples, you think the Lord is supernatural. He's not dealing in the practical. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's too busy. This isn't that big a deal. This was my fault. I should figure this out. But you know, 2 Corinthians 5.17. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Everything. Everything. Everything old, gone. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. That's so cool that happens at our baptism. Mm. And it keeps happening. Yeah. Doesn't stop on the baptism day. 
We're not like a new creation and then God's done with us. He wants to be in all the practicals, all the real life stuff, all the spiritual stuff, everything, everything. I mean, it's why he put on flesh. Totally. It's why he was incarnate to be in the practical, literally to embody our humanity. Fully God, fully man. We call that the hypostatic union. Inseparable. He's not more God than man. And then I heard this amazing homily on Mm -hmm. Ascension Sunday this past spring. I'd never really understood the Ascension. I was like, I kind of don't get it. He was like elevated, like levitated up into heaven. And they're all standing there looking at him. Then the angels show up and they're like, men of Galilee, why are you standing staring at the sky? Anyway. Which part don't you get? I just didn't get why it was such a big deal. It was like, like, okay, he went up to heaven. But this priest, he said, the reason we celebrate, yes, observe, uh-huh. not sure, revere the ascension. On Thursday or Sunday, depending <laughs> on your diocese. Check your diocesan calendar. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we love the ascension, why the ascension is so important, is because it's the day that our humanity was received into the bosom of the Trinity. The point is... He loves our humanity. He's not asking us to not be human. He's asking us to be perfect in our humanity the same way he was. And he gives us the grace to do it and the Holy Spirit so that, yes, we can become perfect, therefore, as our Heavenly Father is perfect. I think what you're talking about Mm -hmm. is integration, Mm -hmm. that your faith and your experience of faith, your relationship with God is not only for your prayer time. Correct. I think we can do that. We can compartmentalize the Lord. Like Mm. he only fixes this one part of me, which would be my lack of patience, my need to always gossip, my laziness. Mm -hmm. He's fixing these like spiritual parts of me, but he's not actually in the business of restoring or making me new as a physical human Okay, I think what I'm hearing you say. (laughs) Thank you for always translating. I just (laughs) said to the Lord yesterday, and I mentioned it to you. I was like, Lord, I don't know why I struggle so much with just being able to communicate what is in my mind. And I know I have a charism for writing. So that's like a place that I can be more clear with how I think. (laughs) But it is really frustrating. So I don't know if you listener ever struggle with this of like, I feel like I have a lot to say about the Lord in terms of like our relationship is really beautiful, but I struggle with articulating that verbally. Yeah, I would agree with that for myself. I can relate to that. I feel like even when I try to talk to people about what's happening in prayer, it doesn't translate. Right. Do you know what it is? It's like on a molecular level. It touches every cell. It changes everything. It defies articulation in many ways. That's all it is. It's just talking to him. What I think you were trying to say before we took that lovely detour (laughs) is that we limit God. We put him in the box of boss or problem solver or storm clearer, storm queller, storm subduer. Okay. So we just, we just like call upon the Lord when we have a problem that needs to be fixed. That problem could be our sin could be tragedy, it could be relationship, but we're not integrating our faith. We're not allowing him to be everything to us 
all the time. Well, and I think that's what happens when we think he can't possibly heal that part of us. Yes. I have an ingrown toenail. Lord, do you want to deal with that? I don't really have one. I was just giving you a silly example. No, you're so good at this. I think you do ask the Lord about healing. See what you're saying. Like heal this part of my personality. Heal this memory. Yeah. He wants to do that. Heal this addiction. Yes. Right. Heal this social media addiction. Like when we use the word addiction, people are thinking like drugs or pornography, you know, but we have addiction to Netflix, to food, to online shopping, just these things that give us these little hits of dopamine. Those are addictive. Yes, I agree. I think we don't even know it's possible. Like you did not think total healing was possible. No, which is why I love to talk about it. Right. It's why I believe that any person who's listening to this podcast right now and hearing my testimony of being totally set free, healed and delivered from pornography, from lust, from masturbation, I believe that you're hearing that because that's a promise for you because the Lord is going to do it again. God's promises are for everyone. Yeah, he did not do that because I was deserving. Mm, <laughs> so true. I didn't do anything special. By God's grace, I, I stayed in relationship with him despite the weight of shame that I wrestled with. And again, more and more freedom over those years with the sacraments, through prayer, through lifestyle changes. There was progress there. But nothing like, I mean, literally night and day yeah. from who I was before to who I am now. A new creation. Yeah. Amen. Totally. So I finally started meeting with a spiritual director and it was really beautiful. I was like telling her my story with the Lord, my like journey with him through my life. And there was this one part that I don't know if I've shared on the podcast about my like flirting with atheism. So when I was a young adult around 1920, I was working for a marketing company and one of the employees there was a devout atheist, loved all of the atheist intellectuals, would always watch them, listen to them, or I would talk about the Lord via Skype DMs, Skype chat. No way. Yeah. (laughs) And he would always call the Lord the flying spaghetti monster. And he was just so smart. It was so attractive. Yeah. The confidence. Yes. Mm -hmm. This knowledge, Knowledge. if you will. Mm -hmm. I literally, (laughs) I thought it, yeah. Yeah. And he gave me a book about atheism and I read it and I was just like devouring this idea that there is no God. And as I was explaining this experience to my spiritual director, for the first time I realized, oh my goodness, maybe by flirting with this, by thinking about it, by really letting it into my life, this book these conversations, this like need to know this side of Mm anti-religion. Maybe I invited a spirit into my life. And I had never thought of that before. I just thought of it as the first time my eyes were open to this idea. And now I've struggled with it ever since then. Not, oh my goodness, maybe there's actually something like attached to me where there's something that's like got a hold of my heart that I need to cast off in the name of Jesus. As I was explaining that to her, I didn't, I thought of it. It was definitely like a Holy Spirit inspiration. And then when I was done talking, she said, hey, I want to go back to that part. I think there's something here. So it was beautiful to kind of get that confirmation that she is seeing that there might have been some spirit that I let in there. And that was the language she even used. And then 
advised me and gave me a spiritual warfare prayer to pray, to rebuke it and cast it off. So I've been praying this prayer every night. And it goes back to me not ever thinking that it's something the Lord would heal. Like it's just something I'm going to struggle with for the rest of my life. It's my own cross. Mm -hmm. I can see a fork in the road. It's more like a river. I kind of go with the current. I feel like it's something that can easily sway me as opposed to the Lord can rid this from my life. Yeah. Like I can be free of this and live a life of total faith. I love the image of a river because it's like right now you're kind of cruising, but it's rocky or there are rapids. It's like your faith and doubt are kind of coexisting. Yes. And if you come to this river fork... I can feel, like even in my body as you're describing it, like the freedom of moving with the river of faith and diverging away from the river of doubt. Yeah. Yeah, the Lord's going full speed on that speedboat. We're going this way. (laughs) Yeah. I remember the first time a priest called it a spirit of masturbation. And I had been confessing it for 10 years you know, and no one had ever said that to me. Yeah. I did not understand there was a spiritual component that there was an attachment there that needed to be broken from and cast off and that I needed to bring myself again under the authority of Jesus Christ, bring my sexuality under the authority, cleanse it in his blood. And I, you and I talk like that very freely and regularly because it's reality. I think that's the point is the Lord is not separate. Yes. Yeah. He is in everything. He is everywhere. And so is evil. So is the spiritual realm. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. All of heaven and all of hell are battling right now. Now, heaven has already won the ultimate victory, but we're still locked in this battle. Yeah. And we can ask for healing and we can expect healing and we can be made new. We can experience that victory, not only in traditional religious or spiritual ways. We can experience healing and freedom and victory and overcoming in all things. Yes. Okay, ultimately, this is what I'm trying to say. Whoever knows what I'm trying to say? The Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. I think more than just asking to be better, right? Like behavior modification. Mm -hmm. More than just asking to stop gossiping, Mm -hmm. and to be nicer to my kids, not be as slothful in prayer. We could like put on the lens of what we actually look like living fully alive. I love that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like in freedom. Yes. Freedom from, for you, pornography. Mm -hmm. Freedom from, for me, Mm -hmm. extreme doubt. Freedom for you, sweet listener, whatever that is. Like for us to put on the lens of how the Lord sees us living fully alive and in freedom. Yeah, I think we put the focus too often on the freedom from part. Mm. And we too little believe for freedom, period. Freedom full stop. Mm. Me fully alive. Like who would I be? What would my life look like if sainthood was the goal? Yes. I almost texted you last night because we had this dinner and we were just kind of sharing about our prayer, vision, what the Lord is doing and saying, both in our own hearts and like in the ministry, you know. 
And I just wanted to text you, but I felt a little bit, <laughs> I don't know, what? self-conscious. Okay. I just wanted to say, like, I want to be a saint with you. Yeah. Like, I, I want to do this with you. I want to be as holy as God is calling me to be. And I know that I need people to do that with me. Yeah. I know I can't do that on my own. It does happen in community, in faith friendships. Like, you need someone to come alongside you, right? Someone else who has that vision for your freedom, for your healing, for your holiness, especially when you like don't have it Totally, yeah. Reminds me of Psalm 139 verse 6. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Like the vision that God has for my life, the vision of who I am and what he's calling me to and what he wants to do in me and in my life and through me is so beyond behavior management, right? It's not just about being good enough or getting through or managing, right? It's about like living abundantly, (laughs) living. I don't don't even have that picture of it for myself, Mm. but I believe that it's available. I believe that the Lord has that vision for my life. Yeah. It reminds me of the scripture that says, you have not because you ask not. Mm. I don't think we have the faith even to ask for the vision of what our life could be if we were totally surrendered, totally bought in, totally available to the Lord. I cannot ever think about enough that one song by Seager Rose. Gosh, yeah. Tell the tell the people about it. <laughs> It'll be in the show notes, I promise. Okay, I love it. It's gotten mixed reviews from other people. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've shown it to people and they like don't get it. And no. I'm like, if you don't speak this language, you don't, you're missing a fundamental part of my heart and my worldview. If you are not reduced to tears watching this music video. I absolutely 100% agree with that statement. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Describe it. Tell, tell everybody. Well, I was just going to talk about the end of this 15 minute long video. It's 13 minute long. It's very long. It's like a rock opera basically. Yeah. It's the greatest. So Seager Rose is an Icelandic band. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a joke, but it's not. And they make these beautiful music videos, which now it looks a bit dated. So I apologize, but no, give it some grace. Yeah. Anyway, it's the story of this little boy who's just marching through life and walking with people and inviting people into this like life's journey with him. Okay. You're unpacking the metaphor. The actual video is this little boy, like just marching through a field and like over the mountains and through this like rocky ravine. At one point he sits down and takes a nap. (laughs) I'm going to start crying right now. (laughs) Honestly, that could be my favorite part. There are other people with um, like wolf costumes on. Like a mask. They have to take off their masks to join in the the march. I'm crying right now. I'm tearing up. I cannot take the beauty. (laughs) Anyway, it all ends in this culmination of all of these children who have joined this little boy on this. He's just beating his drum. On this journey. Marching along. And 
he leads them in a march or like in like a battle cry, I guess. Yeah. To like go forth and to just jump. Mm-hmm. Well, they come to the edge of a cliff. Yeah. So they just start running. It's overlooking the ocean, right? It's like, I don't know. It totally gonna falls watch. You're going to watch it. They've probably already paused it, you paused watched it, it <laughs> and come back. Okay. So you know you exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. <laughs> it ends in them running towards this cliff. And you wonder what's going to happen. Like, what's going to happen with these kids? And they just jump. All of these kids, they just jump. And they just start flying. And that is the ultimate way I want to live my life. Mm -hmm. Is just running full speed toward this unknowing. Mm -hmm. And just jumping. And flying. And flying. Yeah. Like being caught in the wind of the Holy Spirit in like total surrender. Mm -hmm. Absolutely no control. It's just the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good vision. And I think what that looks like in your life, what that risk looks like, what that surrender looks like, that's going to be different from person to person. It's different for a single person. It's different for a married person. It's different when it comes to your work or your ministry. But there is an interior freedom, a surrender. Uh, I remember Father Mike Schmitz, one time he described it as intimate risk with Jesus. Wow. So you're invited, I think again and again in your life, invited to these intimate risks or moment of intimate risk with Jesus where you just have to decide to jump, to fly. So as we started this conversation sharing about how the Lord has healed us and set us free. I think that's just the beginning. Mm. That's not even the end goal is just to be healed. And I know how it feels when you're in the midst of whatever your thing is, right? When you're in the midst of this like heaviness or or shame or addiction, I don't know, sorrow, whatever this suffering is that that you're enduring, you don't just have to trudge through. And the ultimate the ultimate is not just to be healed from it. The ultimate is to live a life of total surrender. Yeah. And to bring people along. Mm-hmm. To jump off the cliff with other people. Let's go watch that video after we pray. <laughs> I can't wait. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you. We invite you once again to be seated on the throne of our hearts. You are our everything. You deserve everything. And God, we give you now, again, our yes to follow you. And Lord, there are things in our lives that keep us from following you. There are sins, addictions, God, that have deep roots in our souls and in our psyches. We ask you, Lord, now to set us free. Set us free from uh, any darkness, any attachment, any sin that is keeping us from fully reflecting your image and your glory to the world. I pray right now that you would set people free from an addiction to alcohol. Set them free from an addiction to pornography. Set them free from an addiction to other people's opinions. Mm. 
Set them free from scrupulosity. Heal us completely, Lord. I know this is your will. Is total freedom. God, so we agree with your will. We align ourselves with your will. We believe you for your will. That your will is good and gracious and merciful. It's not all up to us, God, but come now and set us free. We want to be whole and holy, Jesus. Make us whole and holy. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Beth. Thank you, Jenna. What a joy. Yeah, truly. Thank you, Debbie Herbeck. Ugh. Amen. So this week, Beth, we Mm -hmm. went live with our second installment of what we call Blessed Chats. Yeah, we're spending a week on the blog, one week a month, talking about just different issues that affect our lives. The first week in the first month was all about issues of fertility, things we hear in our Facebook groups, you know, things that are heavy on people's hearts. And this week we're talking all about addictions or compulsions. So whether that's alcoholism for you or for someone you love, I wrote a blog talking about pornography, really with tips, help, the promise of my prayers, and really the hope for healing. So check that out blessedisshe.net. You can put in blessed chats in the search bar and you'll find it. Love you. Praying for you. Bye-bye. Bye.